Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to a claw on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? It's a rhetorical Ooh, question, right? Man. That's a rhetorical question. Man. I feel like I was listening to Wolf and Luke when I was driving in and yeah. they made me laugh because they were talking about how they're like nervously on edge waiting for that breaking news sounder to play because someone's going to have it, right? Someone's. Whether it's Woj, whether it's you, whether it's Shish, someone's going to have the update, the news that we're all waiting for. And I, I, they were like nervously anticipating it during an art, during their show and it didn't happen. And so they've passed that baton right to us. Right to us. Where it's just like, oh man, when I hear it, I'm just going to, okay. Hold on tight. Yeah, now you found out on your way home. I didn't find out until like the game was like he's not starting. Oh my god! I like, did. Oh my god! I text, in fact, my, our boss is walking by the the glass right now. He, we were texting about something. Comp- we were texting about the Kelvin Beecham interview yesterday. Yeah, that got that, national well, attention. Sure that was did, on uh, right? ESPN.com's front page. Grow up, be a man. Grow Whoa. up, be a man. So yeah. we were texting each other about that, and then he sends me a text about Durant, and I'm like, what happened with Durant? What happened with Durant? What do you mean Durant? Right. Durant? Durant? What happened? Pulled over. Found out. Time for our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. The weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. We just found out that uh, Kevin Durant is not going to play tonight due to left ankle soreness. And it may have to do with him slipping during a warm-up. Everybody I'm only laughing to keep from crying. It's not funny. Wow. I'm just laughing to keep from crying. Did you hear on the pregame show, Tim Kempton was interviewing Rex Chapman live, and they reacted to it real time. Did you hear this audio? No, I didn't. You just have to look and see the talent. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Hall of Famers on the way. Kevin Durant, Hall of Famer. Um, as Kevin falls and everybody took a collective <laughs> breath in here. He's fine, by the way. But And then DeAndre Ayton. Just the- no, he's not fine. Yeah, he's not fine, Rex. Held him out. We're waiting. I mean, there's three different levels of a sprain right there. I mean, it could be a grade one, a grade two, a grade three. There's some speculation that it's a grade two sprain and that he could be out for multiple weeks. We don't know. I mean, it's honestly not worth speculating on until we get announcements from the Suns when they go over it. We will talk about the different levels of those injuries. Now, here's a guy that's had, uh, uh, you know, and then I said this, there's one weakness to Kevin Durant. It's health. Yeah. And I've said this many times before. So there is no weakness in his game. He's a good defender. He's a great shooter. He's a great passer. There's, not, there's nothing in his game that's a weakness. His weakness is his health. Kevin Durant, the way his body is, has a hard time staying healthy. He's had two previous left ankle injuries, and this would be the third. So this would be the third injury on that left ankle. You saw the video, and you, I mean, you're starting to think, man, was it, was it his sneaker? Was there a wet spot on the floor? What, you know, what was it when you see it? Now, obviously, some people are able to frame 
it, and you could see that the ankle was completely like twisted, twisted. Yeah, he like just, he just, yeah, it didn't. Uh, at first, we all saw it. At first, the reaction was he slipped. There, there was some moisture on the, and he just slipped and fell. And then you look at it again, and it, he obviously yeah. twists the ankle. And Devin Booker said as much after the game. You know, he it wasn't a wet spot. He he twisted his ankle when he fell, and it was a pretty nasty twist. We all saw it frame by frame. Kellen Olson had the best video shot of it of them all, and it was very obvious what happened. Because I was about to fire the mop guy. <laughs> I was going I'm a blame guy. It's somebody to blame. Yeah, don't blame the mop guy. I was gonna blame the I mop know, guy. I know. Don't blame the mop guy. How do you not mop the floor yeah, when he's the, getting ready? Get the get the mop. Don't don't blame the mop guy. I'm not, I don't think it was the mop guy. Right now there's some 21 year old kid who's like, oh my god, oh my god, god get fired. It's all my fault. Oh, he he released a statement on Twitter. The mop guy. Yeah. No yeah. way. Get out. I'm. I'll send it to you. Because are you serious? Are you serious? The mop guy sent out. A, I didn't see this. There's so many elements to the story, I had no idea. Oh, Eric's not. What kind of mops too. are they using? <laughs> Gotta get some better mops. Quit, quit blaming it on the mop My guy. My God, he needs some better mops. Stop it with the mop. Poor guy. Hold on, Mitch sent this to me. I gotta, I gotta look at this now. I gotta know. I bet, like, if you sweat on the floor, you clean it up like a divot in the golf. <laughs> you drop a bunch of sweat, you swipe it up so the next guy doesn't fall in it. Come oh, on. Okay, his name is Patrick. Patrick. And I'm not blaming you, by the way, Patrick. I'm not. I think it was the sneaker. You think it was the shoe? I think it was the shoe. Yeah. I think it was the shoe. Because he didn't. A lot of times with that injury, you always see that when a guy goes up and then comes down, he lands wrong. You never see it like that. Ever. Ever. Not when he's ever. using his plant foot to go up. Usually Although with ball, we did see the ball injury was similar, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But I mean, most of the time, most guys, you go up injury, and you come down. you're going up, you come down, you hurt it on the way down, not going on the way up. Right, and, on the way down. And usually there's another player involved because you step on a foot or you roll it or do things like that. Um, what the mop guy say? Uh, it's a long text, but he, oh. he basically is. And I I don't want to discredit it, but he's basically saying, hey, guys, I love this team. I love my job. I love this organization. It, it, please, you know, it's not my fault. It's not your it's, fault. It's not it's fault. I definitely do not blame the mop guy. I think it was the sneaker. I think his sneaker just kind of gave out with the way his foot went. So, and look, we can talk about the win, but for now, we're pausing that. We can talk about Booker. For now, we're pausing that. We're all waiting to see if some clarification, grade one, grade two, grade three, what kind of an ankle sprain it is. You mentioned it. The speculation is that it's a grade two. Um, you also mentioned in your email, mm-hmm. and I had read this too, that the fact that he's previously had ankle sprains could help. It's a good. It's a good it's a thing. Good I spent thing. a lot of time today. You know, I was on the phone with literally one of the top doctors in this profession in sports medicine. That's you know worked with teams and everything. And and one of the things that that I checked on was just the t- there's three different grades: one, two, three. But having previous sprains like that is a good thing because scar tissue develops so there would be less like less bleeding and inflammation and things like that so having it, it'd be harder if it was a first time injury first time injury would be more difficult to recover from a little bit easier since he's had previous ones so be a little bit easier because of the scarring is that's already there the scarring that's built up around it so again I don't I can't give you the, the complete breakdown I'll give you everything I, that I've learned in, in in, in speaking with a doctor in, in, in sports medicine in his field. Um, but that is a good thing from what I know is that he's had previous injuries to that same area. It's also a good sign 
according to your information that I've got here in front of me, and I know there's a lot of it, so I want to make sure I share this with everybody, too. It's not the same side as the Achilles injury. That's good. Now, what I was told about that is that that's a really good sign because if it was the same side as the Achilles, it could just make people more of a weakened leg. Like, that way, leg is just weaker because it had the Achilles injury and an ankle injury and so stuff like that. It could be something like he favors a certain leg or one leg is stronger than another leg. So if it was the Achilles and any ankle, but the what I was told is it's a good thing that it's not the same leg that the Achilles was on, uh, because again that could signal that it, that it was a, that it's a weakened leg. When we get more information, uh, um, we'll, we'll of course we'll break in breaking news sounder, pass it along, let you know. I know there are a lot of stories out there. I know a lot of people are not a lot of people. I know some people are saying four to six weeks because they're presuming a grade two sprain, and sometimes a grade two sprain has with it a four to six week kind of designation. Now I. Yes. I I, I looked at it. Okay, I went and looked at the schedule. Okay, if it's four weeks, he basically comes back with about three games left in the season. If it's five weeks, he's out for the entire rest of the regular season. If it's six weeks, it bleeds into the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. kind of how much time is left. I even looked at it by if it's one week, here's the games he's going to miss. If it's two, here's the games he's going to miss. If it's three, here's the games he's going to miss. And, and just to kind of give myself kind of context of what we're talking about right here, but mo- the most important thing is that the Phoenix Suns are going to, and we'll talk about this coming up in the next segment. We're not getting off this topic by any stretch of the imagination that just when they were starting to adapt to Kevin Durant, now they got to play without him. They've got to unadapt mm-hmm. and then they're going to have to adapt again, yeah. right? And it's, it's going to create that kind of weird ebb and flow for this team now. Yeah, I think we're all waiting to have this just get the information out, let us know. A grade one sprain, if that's what it is, it's just a sprain, nothing's torn, there's just some inflammation. It's uh, That's the most common is a grade one. A grade two means that there's three ligaments surrounding the ankle. A grade two would mean that one of those ligaments is torn all the way. One of them is torn all the way. Um, not uncommon of an injury, grade two. Uh, and you could definitely come back from it, you know, three, four, five weeks. Uh, but it would mean that one one of those ligaments did tear, tear some. And a grade three would mean two of the ligaments were torn. That would be the ATF and the CFL. Two ligaments would be torn. If it's a grade two, again, just one ligament torn and a second one would be sprained. So that is, you know, your hope grade one, you live with grade two, and you pray it's not grade three. Monty, after the game? I feel bad for him because he feels bad. He feels like, you know, I saw his face, and I've, I've been around him so many times. I, I know what he's feeling, and um, I don't want him feeling that way at all. Um, our group has adapted to a number of things um, all year long, from the summer until now, and um, this is no different. So we'll do our best to get him healthy and get him back out there on the floor. That was Monty after the game. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, time is no longer on the side of the Phoenix Suns. So how do expectations now? Do expectations change now? That's all next. Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It was um, eerie 
hearing John Bloom with Wolf and Luke talk about how eerie it was last night. I was going to do the starting lineups on radio and also talk about the game and obviously get to describe it for the audience. But for me, it was knowing that KD wasn't playing before everybody else in that gym probably found out because they weren't on the social media necessarily and they weren't seeing the video from Kellen Olsen. And so now Vince announces the starting five and there's no KD and I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these people with these quizzical looks. You know, the kids looking up at the parents going, wait, where is he? That was eerie. I mean, I've never felt like that before in a gym. I do want to know because it it came down at 642. 640-ish. About what, about almost 20 minutes before the tip-off? Yeah, give or take. Were there people out there that were that were in the stands and then all of a sudden you're looking around like, why is he not out there? Did, did Were there people that didn't that, know? That's what Bloomer just said. I know, like, I'd be fascinated yeah, by that because with, with the social media world, it's like, hey, KD's not playing. You're at the game, KD's not playing. I'm sure a, I'm sure thousands of people got that text. I'm, I, Dude, KD's not playing. I'm sure a bunch of people in the arena did, but I mean, not everybody No, I know lives the on Twitter media. all the you're time, right? right? No, you're right. Like, like last night, uh, I... But you know somebody that does, and they may sure, have sent you a message. Sure. I'm sure a lot of people found out because they got a message from somebody. I mean, I, I woke up this morning to a, a gazillion tweets from you about NAU basketball. I wasn't on Twitter last night. I, I didn't know people were tweeting me about that, or you were tweeting me about that. I was pulling for him, man. I was pulling for him. I was, too. I was, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's that's a story for another day. Yeah, according to Bloomer, there were people there who were wow. like, wait a minute, what, why the hell is Troy Craig saying? Right. Why is Troy Craig out here? Troy Craig's not supposed to be starting. There's, and the reason I'm bringing, I'm, I'm kicking off this segment with that kind of anecdote is that there's, okay, we can sit here and talk about grade one, grade two, grade three. What kind of sprain is it? Blah blah blah. The medical terms, all that stuff. There's a real human emotion to this, and we're all feeling it today. We, whatever time it was, we found out last night. Wherever you were when you found out, you got kicked in the gut last night. It, it was like, oh. God, no, here we go. What, what What is it about us? What is it about this team? What is it about this city? I heard this morning they were talking about, can you bring in a priest? <laughs> can, can you somebody? Can you do something? Can you sacrifice a goat? I mean, can you do, what can we do here? Something, anything. It's like Bull Durham. You know, we need to sacrifice a live chicken, right? Let's go to somebody, go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and so we can get a chicken to sacrifice it. So I don't know. No, I know people are just beside themselves. It seems like there's a curse on Phoenix sports. Now, let's see. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Nope, as long as he don't. comes back for the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Matter. But what matters now is th- is this stretch because to me, one of the things that I care about more than anything is if it is if it is four to six weeks, if it's grade two or worse, all of a sudden that first round matchup. It matters a lot more now. Yeah, sure I, you don't Clippers won yet. You don't want the you don't want to if you stay at four. And you got to go four or five against Golden State or Clippers with a with a, with a Kevin Durant that may not be ready. Ooh, oh yeah, you don't want that. No, you, you don't. don't want that. With KD, hey, bring him on, you know. Well, with KD, you felt like you could pass Sacramento, you could pass Memphis, you may get to two. You know, you felt like you had a good spot. Now, without KD... Can you still get there? Can you still get can there? You get or two? Can, can you hold on to four? You're still two games back now. Okay, the, the Grizzlies, okay, they're going through their stuff. John Morant out four more games. Brandon Clark out for the but season. But they're three up on you with 16 to play. Up, but they just lost Steven Adams, too. Now, he's been out for a while, but he's going to be out the rest of the regular season. I, I think in some ways the tale will be told by Saturday's game against Sacramento. At least that's a big chapter in that book. How do they play against the team that's directly in front of them when they don't have KD? If they lose that game, they, they would be four back of Sacramento with 15 or so to play. I would think it becomes 
very difficult to catch Sacramento. But if they win that game, yes. and if they do it without KD, yes. then I think that reinforces the belief that they can they can keep it steady, right? You know, they, they can they can steady as she goes for the next few weeks until he comes back. Well, can they do that? I don't know. There's I, no Cam Johnson. There's no Mikael Bridges. Yeah. There's no Jay Crowder. It's Devin Booker, Look, Chris Paul, DeAndre, and then a bunch of role players. This is totally out of context, but I'm just going to bring this up. They've won 16 of their last 21 games. Only three of those games did they have Kevin Durant. It's true. Now, I, again, that's out of context because Mikel's in there. Mikel and Cam Cam's in there. in there. But you know what? They were missing Book for a bunch of those games. They were missing Paul for some of those games. There, there was a hodgepodge of all sorts of guys. They're 16-5 and five in their last 21, and they didn't have Kevin Durant for all but three of those games. Does that matter? That's up to you. That's up to you listening right now to decide how much that matters to you and how survivable this is. Okay, here's here's... What I've got. Okay. If he misses a week, he misses the Kings, the Warriors, and the Bucks. If he misses two, you can add the Magic, the Thunder, and the Lakers to that. If he misses three, you can add the Kings, the Sixers, the Utah Jazz, and the Timberwolves to that. Four. Now you're getting into Denver, and then five, it's basically the whole regular season until he comes back. Now, I know we're not all going to remember that. Maybe I'll tweet out a, like a chart about it, but that's kind of, you just take it by weeks. You know, how many, who is he going to miss if he misses one week? Who's he going to miss if he misses two? Can you survive those weeks? Can, a, a lot of it depends on Sacramento. A lot yeah. of it depends on Memphis. A lot of it depends on, I mean, because the Suns had started to create a little separation between four and five, they right? They Three have games. created a little separation yep. now between four. Can they bank on that? Can they rely on that? That's one of the big questions. Well, I mean, it's the first thing you think about is like, you know, with Kevin Durant, you felt like you, you know, you could get to three or even two. Without Kevin Durant, you try to look at, okay, can, can you get to three or two? Or is it more likely you'll stay at four or fall to five? I mean, I think it might be more likely you stay at a four. Now, it depends on Memphis because Memphis is a mess. But um, look, you've got Devin Booker. A lot of these other teams don't have Devin Booker. Yeah. So you might be able to, you know, you might be able to win. So you just, yeah, he's playing out of his mind. He is playing out of his mind. Mind right now. But it's, it's, I think it's going to be difficult because you got a lot of tough games coming up here. And, you know, with Kevin Durant, you weren't even, you weren't really even worried about who you're going to play. You figured you weren't going to be four. You'd be two or three. You'd be playing, uh, you know, the, the seventh seed or the sixth seed. You really weren't worried that much about it. Now, you, do you want a four or five matchup with the Clippers? Yeah. Or four or five matchup with the Warriors? There was a quote from Chris Paul after the game. Is he concerned about the amount of time the Suns will have to gel with Kevin Durant's injury? His answer? Nope. No, not worried about it. No, and, and that's and that to me is the new, you know, he's gonna come back at some point. Okay, it, it's it's where the Suns are in the standings. I don't know who they play in the first round. I have no clue. Does he miss? I, we don't know. We we don't know any of that stuff. At some point, Kevin Durant is gonna come back. How much of an acclima- a reacclimation period are they going to need for him to readjust to him? Is it we, we've been marveling at how adaptable he's been the last week? Now you're banking on that adaptability. You require that adaptability out of Kevin Durant because you know what? Even if it is three weeks that he misses, you're not going to have a lot of time and you're not going to have a lot of games to figure it out before you start the playoff run. God forbid he comes back when the playoffs start. You'll have no time to figure it out. Well, you God be- forbid you. God forbid he comes back three games into it and you just you're playing the Clippers and you're down, you know, and now you're like, 
I mean, I think that's the key is the just, doomsday scenario. That's the doomsday that's scenario. That's the doomsday scenario. Most, he comes back, but it's halfway well, the through the first playoff round. Playoffs start in less than five weeks, right? Oh, I, oh, I know. Less it's than so five. If it's grade two, it's possible. Because one month from today, the season's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, grade two, they say four to six. But, you know, again, it, it does help that he's had a couple of injuries before in that ankle. He's built up scar tissue. That's a good thing. You know, as far as the healing, it'll help the healing process a little bit more because there's a lot of cause there's scar tissue there. But again, we're just waiting to see if there is any information. I would expect that we will know something today. The regular season ends on Sunday, April 9th. That is when the and then And then I guess the good news is with the play-in tournament, you, as long as you're not in the play-in tournament, if you're the Suns, you're at least guaranteed a few days off, right, To, to as they try to figure out who's the seventh seed, who's the eighth seed. So you're going to have that in there. I mean, look, it's it's palpable. You can feel it. it. As excited as we all were 24 hours ago, it's been replaced with a sense of dread. And, and we're waiting to hear the news. We don't know how bad it's going to be. I, I know people were, you know, initially encouraged. I mean, he he rolled it. He got and up. Got and he, up. Ten minutes. He was still out on the floor doing his thing. Yeah, because that, uh, it does take a few minutes for the swelling and all uh, all of that stuff to, to to set in. It's not like automatic. You know, it no. takes takes a little time for the fluid and everything to build up, and then you're like, okay, I can't go. Presumably, they did X-rays on site. Presumably, those X-rays were negative. Presumably, now they're yeah, waiting no bone, for right? yeah, no bone, no right? bone, which is good, which is good. Yeah, that would have been tragic. Um, so, so we're all trust me, we're all in the same space right now, kind of like emotionally. We're all waiting. We we've we're trying not to give into the negative thinking. It's hard, right? Because it's it's you just oh man, worst case scenario. It's just so Arizona sports like for something like this to happen. It is. It's just so Arizona sports, right? It's Carson Palmer jacking up his finger two weeks before the playoffs yeah. start, right? It's it's Amari and Boris coming off the bench and David Stern. Ronick getting be his jaw broken. It's Ronick getting his jaw broken. I mean, we could do this. We could do this all day. All these little moments in time where you go, if only, if only. I hate to think that Kevin Durant is going to join the if only Hall of Fame. Because that Hall of Fame is illustrious, man. There is some. Did you do the bench, Amari and Boris off the bench? Oh, I see. Oh, you yeah. Said that oh, one. Oh, okay, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. That's you know. You want to talk about cursed? It's it, it. Man, we could we could play that game all day if we if only we had called. Was it heads or tails for Lou Alcindor? <laughs> I think it was. For sure. If only we had tails. called whatever the other. We called it differently. I think it was tails, but I can't quite yeah. remember. When we come back on the Bernstein Gambo show, of course, before I tell you what's up next, you can always text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line It's open for you right now at 620-620. It was a win. Is it enough right now for ASU, or will tonight be enough for ASU? That's the question we'll try to get to the bottom of next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford from the uh, FanDuel text line. No kick to the gut here. As a lifelong homer, my first thought upon receiving the 98.7 text was, yep, there it is. Uh, Richie Sexton all over again. Oh, remember that one? Oh, sure. Kurt uh, Schilling traded. Sexton comes in to form a nice one-two punch in the lineup with Luis Gonzalez and 23 games in. He dislocates you. Remember when he shoulder. hit the ball off the scoreboard? Oh, of oh yeah. He hit one off the scoreboard like, oh my God. It's a monster. Those, those post-game shows back then for the Diamondbacks. And it was it was like all of your hopes and dreams were into that one guy. And when that one guy got hurt, your hopes and dreams were dashed. It was it. It was done. We'll see. We're all waiting. Uh, I'm dreading the breaking news sounder. Absolutely dreading it. It's probably going to come at some point during our show today. And with it, who knows? 
knows what kind of news we've got on the other side. Right now, it's time to throw out our Twitter poll question of the day. We got Eric Ruby for that. Rubes, what you got for us? Though? Well, events like last night call for a little bit of a change of plan. Our poll question is not a poll question. It's an open-ended one. Where were you, and how did you react when Kevin Durant was ruled out before the game last night? And we got a little music to accompany it. You know, I was... Oh, go ahead, talk over the music. You're fine. I always go back to what I found out that the NBA was shutting down the season. I was in a grocery store and Hatch called me and said, you got to go out with Luke Lipinski. That was the whole the jazz and uh, Rudy Gobert with the mic. And then three years ago, uh, from they, they were playing Oklahoma. Is it three years three ago? Years ago from oh, Saturday. my God. Yeah. Oklahoma playing Oklahoma City. Right. And Chris Paul was going over there to get away from it. Uh, I'll never forget like that point right there. Yesterday was, you know, me and you were planning on going to the Milwaukee game next week. So yesterday I was, uh, I went, I went home and that's when I found out that Chris Paul wasn't playing. But it wasn't like Kevin Durant. Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. It wasn't like the pandemic. The pandemic thing was, man, I was just going to get some, you know, bottled water and chicken breast and things you may need during a pandemic. <laughs> Toilet paper or whatever it was. And um, then it, the word came down. Man, there's no season, man. The NBA is closing up shop. I was, I was like, in wow. the car. I got a text from her boss. I pulled over to see what it was he was talking about. And the word I said in the car, I cannot say. I cannot say. I cannot tweet. I cannot. No, it's it's every. But we all know what the word is. And I said it loud and I said it clear. And I'm still thinking it. So that's that was how I found out. I, Gina B literally just sat down in their seats with three minutes left on the tip off clock. Says you could feel the energy leave the arena, and the Suns dance team had to beg for fans to get on their feet. God, that's so sad. Brian Campos, I was at Zips, center stool of the bar with a nice IPA in hand. Some guy sits next to me wearing Suns gear and tells me he just heard he wasn't playing. Got on Twitter to make sure he wasn't BSing me, read the news, ordered a shot of Jameson. (laughs) My son told me, and being the long-suffering AZ Sports fan that I am, I replied, yeah, seems about right. Then continued on with my household duties. And finally, my son and I got home from his baseball game, and we were both spectators because he is in a boot. He fractured his ankle playing football three weeks ago, so he can at least relate to Durant. Our boss can, too. He's been in a boot for like three months. He has. And he's a Nets fan. Is there any connection there? He's been parking in my spot in the garage, too, because it's closer to the door. He parked in your spot? He parks in my spot every morning. He moves it when he goes to lunch because it's closer to the front door than his spot. So like yesterday. He doesn't have his own spot? Two days ago, I pulled into my spot and he's there. I'm like, you're killing me, Smalls. What are you doing in my spot? And he's like, well, you know, my foot. I'm like, all right, that's fine, but I need to get out. I'm parking in my spot. I'm parking here. Boss. parking here. We'll be needing some new tires. That's the, uh, wow, that's a threat. Mm. We'll have to remember that one when it actually happens. Uh, I'll try to pretend I, I did hear that when I get subpoenaed. Who keyed my car? Uh-huh. Those are, you can respond to the Twitter poll question. The music was a nice touch. That was really just the kind of levity we all needed here. All right, so away from the doom and gloom, potentially, for the Phoenix Suns, the not knowing, the waiting is the hardest part, to what's going to go on with ASU tonight. Last night, as expected.
expected. It was a little closer than we expected, but they oh beat Oregon God, State. Right? I mean, that's yeah, Oregon State's a terrible basketball team. Awful. And it was a four-point game with like two minutes left. It's like, come on, guys. They really? The, they was tied. Oregon State actually had the lead late first half. I tweeted something out like, how are you losing to this team? They're terrible. They, they've got one win away from home. It was against Cal. Like, that's their only home. win away from home was against Cal. They're so bad. And then you, you, you allude that finally you hit a three and they took the lead at halftime. And then, um, man, they were able to hold on and win that game. Pulled ahead a little bit. Oregon State got cold. But now it sets up for what is, you know, ultimately the most important game of the season for ASU. They have not beaten USC. They've lost to them twice. They lost to them at home when they got blown out. And they lost to them last week on the road. Closer game, but they lost on the road. So now you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, you got to beat USC. If you don't beat USC, you're done. You're done. You're not going to get in. Agreed. If you beat USC, you might be able to say that's enough. They might be able to say that that's enough. Remember this, out of all the bubble teams, there's not one bubble team that has a better win than what they have in their win against U of A. Nobody has a better win than them with their U of A win. And if you're looking at the bubble teams from last night around college basketball, the big one was Wisconsin losing to Ohio State. That's the one that really helps if you're a bubble team and you're trying to bullshit because they're done. They're done. They they needed a win. They didn't. But then other teams like Oklahoma State won, Pitt won, North Carolina won. There were a handful of teams that were kind of Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, Yeah, so there were teams that, that won that did, but Wisconsin was the other. I'm going to Today's read the big day. Yeah, I'm going to read. This is ESPN, and this is from this morning, their bubble watch. Um, they write, defeating the Trojans by itself wouldn't be enough for this team to watch the selection show with total confidence. Instead, the Sun Devils would be looking to record another victory, ideally against Arizona the next day. So what they're basically saying is, you can't know you're in if you win tonight. You can think you're in, you can hope you're in, but if you want to be sure... Beating USC is not enough. If you want to be sure, you got to beat USC, you got to beat Arizona. Presuming Arizona beat Stanford tonight. Um, Stanford beat Arizona this year. They did. They did. Yeah, Stanford but, beat Arizona. But they Arizona hasn't shot lost lights in out. Vegas since what 2019? No, they have such a they've they they've won their they've last won their 16? last seven. Oh, seven. Okay, they've won their last seven. Tommy Lloyd has not lost. Oh, that's what it was in Vegas. Okay, he is undefeated in Vegas. But I think overall they've won seven straight. It's like all, everybody goes, all their fans go. They love going to Vegas. Sure. So they they have not <laughs> lost in Vegas since the first round of the 2019 Pac-12 tournament. They've won seven straight games. Whether it be a T-Mobile Arena or the MGM Grand Garden Arena, I, I so, have friends who are ASU basketball fans. They love going to. Give me a reason to go to Vegas, and people will go. U of A basketball. They give their fans a reason to go to Vegas. Yeah. They're good. They win. They, it's they're, they're one of the top teams well, in the country. It's easy to follow them under those. I mean, they should win. When they lost to Stanford, Tubelos was in foul trouble. He had a terrible game. He only had four points. He had no rebounds. This is a guy that led the league in scoring and rebounding. He had four points and no rebounds. He was in foul trouble the whole game. And, and Stanford was shooting lights out. They couldn't miss. A shot. So if a, if U of A wins, which they should, UCLA was UCLA playing Colorado just now. They're I thought they were losing right now. I'm gonna look because I saw earlier that UCLA was losing to Colorado. They're up by four right now. Okay, UCLA over Colorado. Now they don't care about this tournament very much, but it's still. I, I still think they get a one seed. But you know, Lou Olson never cared about the tournament, right? He hated the tournament, Lou Olson. I think you know Cronin does the same thing. He doesn't like it. Eric, will you do me a favor? Uh, will you give me that sad music? Again, just for like mm. 30 seconds here, just just for a minute, if you would, too, please. Yeah, just give it to me. 
Last night, Raekwon Battle scored 25 points. Montana State beat Northern Arizona 85-78 to clinch its second straight Big Sky Conference title. Jalen Cohn converted a three-point play to cap a 12-6 spurt and pull the Lumberjacks within five points, as close as they had been since late the first half. 70-65 with 4.50 to go. But Battle was fouled as he hit a three-pointer from the right corner 24 seconds later, made the end one free throw, and Northern Arizona got no closer. Northern Arizona, 12-23, went into the game having won three games in a row. It's the longest win streak of the season. They are not dancing. <laughs> Man, I tweeted well, you. You were sleeping, but I, was, I tweeted I sleeping, you. I, I fell asleep about I, five minutes into the second half of that game. I just couldn't I keep my eyes open. 10-13 last night. I'm watching Bernsey. Lumber jokes. They're hanging in there. Down three late first half. Yeah, they were. They Dave Zorn, Zorno. Uh, if the Jacks win this, the use of lumber jokes dies. It is buried for good. I'm like, I already agreed. It's a one-year deal. I, w- I won't say lumber jokes for a year. Yeah. For a year. For a while, I was watching that game thinking, damn, we're going to have the head coach of NAU on tomorrow. What are we going to ask? Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do when Gimble calls them the lumber jokes? I was n- no, but I was n- if they would have won that you, game, you, I would not have been you, able you to. would not have been able I to. I would have been so. banned from calling them the lumber the jokes. The lumber jacks uh, were one win away from being maybe the worst team ever to qualify for the NCAA was, tournament. We, I, we were rooting for them. Yeah, was, we I, were pulling I, for them. I was, I was I was pulling so hard for him, I fell asleep with about 15 minutes to go in the game. I couldn't stay awake. I tried. I did my best. When we come back, has a former Arizona Cardinal now priced himself out of the Cardinals' offer range? How much is this guy going to get? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. NFL.com was doing a free agency starts next week. Lots of previews out there, lots of rankings, things like that. In fact, well, I'll share this in a second because it was really interesting to me. There was a story today on NFL.com, seven less heralded players who could get paid. Full disclosure, I clicked on the link today fully expecting to read about Zach Allen. Like, as a less heralded player. And, and they did mention Zach Allen, and I sure. will get to that in a moment. I think he could go to Denver. I, I, I've... Seen suggestions of the same thing. Um, I did not expect to see Byron Murphy's name. And I certainly did not expect to see this number next to Byron Murphy's name. Oh, I know. Byron Murphy, this is quote unquote from NFL.com. Byron Murphy potentially could push towards $16 million per year as a do-it-all corner whom the Cardinals used at times to shadow the likes of Devontae Adams. By pro football focuses count, Murphy allowed 9.7 yards per reception. That was ninth among corners. Yielded just seven plays of at least 15 yards. It's tied for fourth. Now, of course, I like him, but that's crazy that's numbers. That's crazy but I, and, I, and I like, you know I like him. I, know, I, I think know, he's a good cornerback. I think he can play inside. He can play outside. He can be a, he's probably a 1A, not a 1, but he's a 1A or a 2. $16 million. Wow. I mean, just, whew. I mean, if he could get it, he, he, you know who he is? He's Christian Kirk. Yeah. When Christian Kirk got that contract from Jackson, we were like, what? It was like, hey. They paid Christian Kirk how much money? Good luck. God bless. Go get him. And then he kicked ass. And then he kicked ass. And it it, it turned out to be very worth it. Now, for Murphy, some of those numbers a little bit are skewed by the fact that he didn't play but half the season, right? Right. So the numbers would have changed a little bit if he played the whole. He was good. Don't get me wrong. And, And I would like to keep Byron Murphy. But it's at $16 million a year? Right. You kind of, like... 
you kind of have to ask yourself, and I heard Wolf and Luke talking about this. It was a really good conversation, and it kind of was a conversation you and I had a week ago. Neither one of us want the Cardinals to go crazy spending on free agency next week. It doesn't no. make any sense. This team is not built for that immediate success that would require them to go spending that kind of money. Does paying $16 million to keep Byron Murphy count? How, how often can you go? Drafting good football players and letting them go. Like there's got there's a point where like you like you gotta stop. I mean, you know how much money Hassan Reddick makes per year? Fifteen million. Fifteen million. Mm-hmm. Byron Murphy's gonna get what Hassan Reddick's getting? Sixteen million, right. But there does come a point like, okay, you draft Zach Allen if he goes to Denver, if you lose Byron Murphy, you lost Hassan Reddick. I mean, how many times can you continue to draft a good football player and then let him leave and go somewhere? You drafted Christian Kirk. Where is he? Yeah. He's, he's in like, Jacksonville making plenty of money. Right, but, I, but, but but no, and, and and you know what? That's I, I understand it was the previous regime, and I understand it's a new regime, but let's call it like it is. The previous regime didn't exactly have a high hit rate on its draft picks. And the ones that were good, they barely kept. They didn't keep it all outside of DJ Humphreys. I mean, most of them, they let... I mean, okay, I shouldn't say that. They kept Buddha. There were others. They kept Jalen Thompson. There was, well, that's inaccurate. They kept some guys. But others, they let walk. And that's the different dynamic here. Monty Ford, he didn't draft Zach Allen. Monty Ford, he didn't draft Byron Murphy. Those aren't his guys to keep. Now, you would think you'd still want to keep good players, but I bet Monty tends to look at Byron Murphy as not his free agent, but just a free agent. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, because no ties to him, right? No emotional tie to a guy you drafted. I didn't draft you. I wasn't responsible for you being here. You're not my free agent. You're a free agent. Gilmore was the top cornerback free agent last year as far as who played well. He got a two-year deal for $20 million, $10 million a year, Gilmore. The thing, the difference with Gilmore is, and he went to Indianapolis, he had a great year. He played a career high-end snaps. He's 32 years old. Mm -hmm. Gilmore was 32. He still played well. But 32 years old, the difference with Murphy and what teams may be paying Murphy for is he's young. He's young. He's had the one back injury. You know, maybe he tapped out last year and didn't want to hurt the back anymore. And that's why he didn't play because he knew he had a big free agency year coming up and didn't want to hurt himself even further. But he's been relatively healthy. I mean, the back injury is one thing. But I think that's what you're looking at is like. He's young. He could play inside, outside. Could be a number one guy, potentially, but definitely at least no worse than a two. He's not a slot corner. I mean, he, he could play on the outside. That's that's the price you got to pay for that guy. And I don't know what you do if you're the Cardinals right now, because that's not a number that I was expecting for him. No, and I think if you're the Cardinals, because I'm not expecting much this season, because I'm thinking they're going to slow play this, I don't want them spending a lot on free agents. I just don't. I mean, I, I want them to spend what they need to spend, obviously, and they've got to fill out a roster. But big splash free agents, and I'm sorry, Byron Murphy now qualifies as a big splash free agent if he's going to get 16 mil a year. I, I don't think the Cardinals should go playing at that table. I don't think the Cardinals are high rollers enough this year to walk into that room and play at the high rollers table. I just don't. I, I don't think this season is worth that kind of financial investment. I think they need to hit the reset button to a certain extent. Now, in the same article, seven less heralded players who could get paid, they mentioned Draymond Jones, defensive lineman out of Denver. But at the very bottom of the paragraph, they say one more name to watch in the secondary D-line market is Zach Allen, who logged nine and a half sacks in two seasons as a full-time starter for the Cardinals. I was looking at a list today, the top 101 free agents of 2023. They took out all the franchise tag guys. Okay. Okay. They took them all out. Zach Allen was number eight on the list. 
Wow. Number With, Wow. Eight. On the list. Yeah. And and you know who loves him is Vance. Yes. Vance loved Zach Allen. He, he loved him. Mm-hmm. See, here's the other thing. I'm going back to March 21st of last year. Um, I was told, uh, I was told this, um, you know, we're talking about bargaining shopping that they, you know, uh, so many players were unsigned. The market has a long way to go. But here's what I was told. Most likely we got to count for the future. Most likely big extensions for Jalen and Murphy, possibly hump, but most likely big extensions for Jalen and Murphy. Their plan was to extend Murphy at some point last year. They didn't get it done. They didn't get it done, but that was their plan. Well, <laughs> they wanted all of those guys done by late summer or September. I'm going right from my notes right here. March 21st of last year, their plan was to extend both Jalen Thompson and, and, and uh, Byron Murphy by late summer or at the latest uh, September. And look, the same argument applies to Zach Allen as it does to Byron Murphy. He's not Monty Austin for its free agent. He's a free agent. Right. You know, he, he's, he, it's not like, look, if Steve Kime were still in charge, I tend to think Steve Kime would make a financial investment in one or both of those guys because those are his guys. Well, those are got, guys that he drafted. And, yeah. And they got Jalen done in September. Yes. They, so Jalen got done. They didn't get Murphy done, but they wanted to get Murphy done. So they were they identified in March of last year, right around now, that they had to get Murphy done. They, they went. They didn't get him done. But the whole regime changed. The whole. I mean, yeah. the, whole, the whole. You know, by the end of the year, when you might have done stuff like that, we all knew Steve was going to be out. We all knew there was going to be a general manager, and with that, it, and now at this point, if you're Zach Allen, if you're Byron Murphy, you just wait. Uh, you just wait. You're not doing anything. You wait till free agents. You wait till Monday when legal tampering starts, and you just sit back and count the dollars and wait for them to come. And, right. and my guess is one or both of those guys will get deals that the Cardinals are just with like the same thing with Christian Kirk last year. Hey man, we like you, but we ain't going anywhere near that kind of dollar figure. We're just we're not gonna do it. And, and one guy they might go near and will and this one makes an awful lot of sense. I don't know how much he's gonna go for. That's Ethan Posick. The center from the Cleveland Browns. He's actually hopped around a little bit, but he was with the Cleveland Browns last year. Only because the anticipation is Rodney Hudson's going to retire. Yes. The Cardinals need a center. And hey, look at that. The Browns, you know, coach is now the offensive coordinator here. That one makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and he, it does make a lot of sense. He was ranked third overall in the NFL among centers last year by Pro Football Focus. Um, and even if you don't like their grades, I mean, the, this guy started 40 games over the last three years. He's only been called for four penalties. Only four penalties. Yeah. So he's a just smart player, good player. Um, would make a lot of sense to go get him. Um, this guy played in Seattle for a little bit, too, I believe. So he played in Seattle. Yes. So that would be a player that would make a lot of sense for the Cardinals to go get. Yeah, they're going to have to go get a center somewhere, somehow, uh, some way. What was the Matt Miller yesterday was talking about maybe them drafting a center, potentially, in the second round. Uh, we'll get into a mock later that suggests something similar as well. But that was something Matt Miller talked to us about. When we come back, big win at home on Tuesday. Another good contest tonight at Mullet Arena. We'll talk Coyotes hockey with their general manager, Bill Armstrong. He will join us next on the Burns and Gambo Show.